Who lets the birds out? Who? Who? Graham. Yeah, Graham. Oh my! Hello, Maniacs! Hey, Maniacs! My gosh, it's been too long. Welcome to Midsummer Maniacs, a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week, we dig into the episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. I am Mark. And I'm Sarah. And if your kids can watch bad Gilbert and Sullivan performances, they can handle this podcast and handle this episode of Midsummer. Now, before anything, insert an auga, auga here. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We're going to spoil this episode, and it has not yet aired in the UK. Nope. I can't. There should be protests. I. This I is a British so. show. Yeah. They shouldn't see it last. What is up with that? They've let the Australians see it before them. I know. They let the Empire see it before the, the motherland. Easy on the Empire. You guys were like a little upset about leaving. I'm just saying... Elizabeth ought to put her foot down. The rest of us were nice about leaving. We're going to ruin it for you. So if you're in the UK and you have not seen season 22, episode five for for death Death prepare in some other way, stop, stop. We don't want to ruin it for you. However, if you are fortunate enough to live outside the UK and have seen this episode, you're good. However, there is a mini spoiler-free episode that you should have listened to that we put out when this first got added to Acorn so the rest of the world could see it. Which is entitled Midsummer Kurgan. Yes. Which I hope, <laughs> I hope screws up somebody's algorithm. <laughs> it's a Highlander Midsummer mashup. It's the only um, one. There should, can only be one. You should go listen to that first, watch the episode, and then come back for this, okay? Yep. Have we done a good enough job saying, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler? I think we have. Okay, nobody can say... We ruined it for them. We didn't tell them, right? Okay. Now, for our people in the UK who are probably listening to this months later. Yeah. We're sorry it was so hot there. Remember when it was hot. (laughs) I I cannot imagine. I mean, it's as hot here as it is there, but we have air conditioning everywhere. And I know that's not the case in a lot of places around the world. I could not survive this heat without air conditioning. Growing up in Canada, I had no air conditioning. It must just be horrible. My recommendation is an ice cube in your bra. Okay. Right down the middle. It makes such a big difference. I'll do that. We were at an amusement park the other day with the kids, and it was 5,000 degrees surface of the sun, no shade anywhere. And I tell you, an occasional ice cube in the bra, it helps. (laughs) There's Sarah Advice Corner for today. Sarah's Advice Corner for today. Yep. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is... Two episodes left, including this one. It's our penultimate. Penultimate. Midsummer episode for now. Next Saturday, the 30th of July, we will be having a live episode. At 2 p.m. Eastern. For The Witches of Angels Rise. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to put British people in a quandary here. Mm-hmm. Because not only are we dropping that episode, which is a good episode. It's got witchy woos in yep. it and everything. Okay? We're doing that. But... They haven't seen it. There will be a second part to that show. Yeah. The second part of that show is going to be us explaining what's going to happen over the next few months in detail. You will get dates. We we will put 
spoiler everywhere on the screen. <laughs> we'll we'll put spoiler on the screen when we're covering the episode. Yeah. And then when we're done covering the episode, we'll take that off the screen so you can scrub through the video at a later date and see. But not live. They but can't come live. and hang out. But not live. They can't come hang out. Man. Sorry. They can come and hang out. I know, but we'll ruin it. It's up to them. It's up to them. How much do they want to hear the good stuff? (laughs) So again, that's July 30th at 2 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. And there will be links and everything all over the place. So you can come and hang out and enjoy the last Midsummer episode for right now. Well, okay. So this is what we're dropping Right now, that the 15th of August will be the first Mystery Maniacs episode. Yep. I just want to tell you, dear listeners, I have a gazillion things to do before (laughs) this date. Okay. (laughs) And you'll pull it all off. I believe in you. The next six weeks, going to be crazy town. Oh, yeah. Okay. Second of all, okay, the second thing that I wanted to talk about with all this is you may have heard that season 23 wrapped. So um, all the, the primary filming for season 23 is complete. Who yes. knows when it will air? Yes. But there is another season, so we will go back to being Midsummer Maniacs every once in a while. So what, what this means is they've finished principal photography. Now they have to do post-production, which doesn't take a huge amount of time. Usually roughly about the same amount of time as, as principal photography per episode. So we're talking six to eight weeks, maybe. Okay. Per episode. Per episode. Depending. But that doesn't mean that that it won't air in 2025. We have Who knows? The names of five episodes, we think there's going to be a sixth episode. Mm-hmm. It's scheduling that is the biggest problem, mm-hmm. right? Scheduling and rights in yeah. different areas, right? We could have season 23 episodes. It is absolutely possible that we might have season 23 episodes in the United States before the end of this year. I don't think it's going to happen. No, it'll be spring but, at the but earliest. it's probably going to be spring. Yeah. We know there are five episodes. There's probably six. We know we have names of five episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. The next thing I want to talk about is how freaking amazing you people are. We have 200,000 downloads. Yeah. Okay. And to put this a little bit in perspective, I want to talk to you about some statistics because, you know, I always talk about statistics and stuff like that, right? <laughs> so I won't let them go on too long, but this is very cool. This is, this is, uh, when I did these stats, I was kind of blown away personally by, by what they meant. So these are the stats I'm talking about, okay? Our first 100,000 downloads took 24 months and 25 days. Mm-hmm. So that's two years and a month. Yep. Right? Our second 100,000 downloads took 10 months wow. and 25 days. That's hockey stick on the graph. That's crazy. That's awesome. You people are Looney Tunes. Thank you so much. This is the bigger stat, I think, though. Our first 100,000 took 93 episodes. Now, that doesn't include minis or the trailer. Mm -hmm. Just 93 full episodes, which is roughly, I would say, over 100 hours of content. Mm -hmm. Way over 100 hours of content. Our second 100,000K in downloads took 35 episodes. Wow. Like, that is stunning. That's great. That's absolutely fantastic. You all are absolutely bonkers awesome. We just, we're just glad you like it. We'll keep doing it. Just, well, I want to talk a little bit 
very briefly about <laughs> something here. Okay. okay. Over the next couple of weeks, starting right now, this is where we're calling you to action. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you need to tell two friends. Well, they can't tell them anything yet. They, they don't can know. tell them August 15th. Okay. Okay. So you'll get more information next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I saw a video by the Vlog Brothers this week. If you don't know who the Vlog Brothers are, there are two brothers from Indianapolis who... We've talked about them before. Yeah. The Vlog Brothers, one of them wrote... Fault in Fault, Our Stars. Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. And They're cool. The, uh, the Green Brothers. Yeah. Okay. So they have this thing called Awesome Socks, which is amazing we subscribe to it and they have an awesome coffee thing now Mm -hmm. and they give money away to sierra leone maternity hospital they're building it they're Mm -hmm. probably going to build a building based on the community that they have created Mm -hmm. and they had a really good video this week about why they do those things and so they have they've had 15 years to grow their community and we've had three yeah. I'm not saying we have a community on par with them. What I'm saying is we have the beginnings of a community that could become on par with them. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is right out of the bat, we are more interested in having impact than gaining wealth in any part of this podcast. Absolutely. So the fact that we raise over 500 bucks to give to uh, World Central Kitchen Mm -hmm. is just fantastic. But that sort of building of community and charity work is what we are going to continue on in terms of the business part of this podcast. Because I think we should be very upfront that we're a goofy little podcast about British murders, but we are a community. That is more, way more important. Absolutely. And so that sort of when we have changes in the new uh, mystery maniacs, they are all going to be pushed towards us having more fun. Cause I, I don't know about you, but I like having the fun mm-hmm. and this is fun mm-hmm. and us having a bigger impact at growing community and creating uh, giving opportunities. Yeah. But That's, don't worry. We're not going to be putting in underwear ads or anything like that. We're not going to, we want to grow. We don't want our, sponsors. We want to grow our audience, and that's yeah. why I wanted to talk about this here. We want you to tell your friends, and we want to grow the audience. A because we like what we're doing, and I think we, you guys, your friends would like what we're doing. But second of all, because we are not interested in in doing this for like wealth. That is not what this is about at all. Nope. So, wow. Is that all the heavy stuff? Can that's, we talk about dead people now? Now we can talk about <laughs> dead people. Can we take three little maids from school? Are we? Yes. Do you like Gilbert and Sullivan? Ah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, Gilbert and Sullivan has had such a huge cultural impact in so many ways. I think there are probably things I like that are from Gilbert and Sullivan, and I don't even know it. Yes, I would agree with that. Right. There are certainly everywhere. songs that if you trace them, you're like, oh, that's a Gilbert and Sullivan. I don't. You, have you ever actually gone to a Gilbert and no, Sullivan production? I've not seen an, ent- they're very an entire long. opera. As far as I know, they're they're quite long. Yeah. And they're both opera that is meant to be... more. It's, it's, it's more accessible. It's accessible because it's in English and it's comedic. Yeah. Right? 
it's not comedic like Shakespearean comedy where right. it's actually funny. everybody dies. <laughs> yeah. It's actually funny. You're right. But it's also at the same time, like really fraught with colonialism. <laughs> but it's also a, crit- a critique of a lot of those things. It is. I mean, it is. it is, they are of their time. Yeah, absolutely. But like, the modern Major General song is all about science at that point in time. Yeah. So, and if if you missed the the uh, mini episode for this one, I I did a uh, midsummer rendition of "I Am the Very Model of a Modern Major General," but it was Midsummer Victim. <laughs> Victimal. And we talked about Kevin Watley in that because Kevin Watley's in this episode. Dave Rubin, who we will refer to as Midsummer Kurgan. Uh, <laughs> Anybody the, who's never seen Highlander does not know what we mean no, when we say no. that. So Kurgan is a character in a movie called Highlander in which he is an American playing an immoral bad guy. <laughs> while Doesn't a, matter. A Scottish guy plays a Spanish guy. It while d- that, a None of that is important. Dutch what's important guy plays a Welsh guy. <laughs> is that what's important is that David Rubin, who plays Graham. Yes. In this episode, looks just like the guy who plays the Kurgan. Clancy. Clancy is his name. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how much they Who's look like. also Mr. Krabs, which we refer to yes. him as both Midsummer Kurgan and Midsummer Mr. Krabs. Yeah. From SpongeBob SquarePants. I cannot <laughs> believe that we just put Midsummer <laughs> Next to Highlander and SpongeBob. Highlander and SpongeBob. Oh, the world's a wow. little place. Uh, we talked about a hand jive couple. And yeah. their disappearing act, uh, what ghost light meant, what full of beans meant, and the modern major modern general. major general. Those are all in the mini episode to to watch like a maniac. And to we look also for those things. We also were upfront that there are probably, and I would assume so, people who are into Gilbert and Sullivan probably watch this episode in a completely different way. Oh than yeah, we I'm sure they got way more out of it than those like, of us who are not as We familiar. just learned today that for death prepare is something the pirate king says to the general at the right, end, right before he's going to kill him at the end of Pirates of Penzance. Yeah. Sorry, we're giving away the ending. Sort of not, but no. anyway. <laughs> we already said we're going to spoil it. Um, and Kevin Watley, who plays the major general in this, is the last who is possibly yeah. going to die. Right. So, so it fit. There it makes are sense. Ways in which we are not going to connect these things. Yeah. But if you know more about the Pirates of Penzance, you know, leave us a comment. Let us know if we missed connections that are good. That being said, I'm going to say this up front at the top. Somebody rushed into the writer's room and said, let's do a Gilbert and Sullivan episode. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? It's fun. And they constructed this around that very sentence. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because, wow, it, it's it's not stuck on, but it's a bit artificial here. Well, it's, you know, it's a, um, it's a community theater group, right? The Midsummer Mummers. Yeah. Who, you know, they um, they draw in people from the community. They're not professionals, right? This is amateur dramatics. Yep. Um, so it makes sense that they would choose Pirates of Penzance. They're not putting on the whole show. They're putting on a, a musical review of it, yes. right? So they're not doing the whole plot. And I love the set. The stage is great. Yes, the stage is it's great. It's a perfect, like, little community theater kind of space, and it's awesome. What I wonder is, it's typical in a little community theater like this for the same people to try out show after show after show. Yep. 
right? Because there's only so many people in town who are willing to commit to being in a production and have some talent to sing or whatever. And so what other roles have these people played? <laughs> like, has has Marcus, who plays the, the head of the pirates, has he also been one of the three little schoolmates? I got to think that at least <laughs> one time he might have been Lear, too. He probably he, did Lear. He wished. Yeah. The costuming in this episode's great. Yes. They do a really good job of giving them stage costumes that are not perfect. For example, Marcus looks like Jack Sparrow. He does. And he has a wobbly sword, which is fantastic. I love that he has a floppy sword. It's great. But Marcus then, just eats all the scenery yeah. in this whole thing. Especially at the very beginning. And you are meant to hate him right away. Um. Yeah. And I continued to pretty much to the end. Yeah. And- there's a turn at the end. Doesn't there, matter. Which you're not supposed to hate him as much. And I was like, no, nope. no, I still don't like I still him. Still don't like him. <laughs> so the stage costuming is great, but the character costuming when they're not on stage is great too. Like Phyllis has her little three piece tweeds on. She's almost militaristic. Oh, Phyllis is, and Phyllis is maybe one of my favorite characters of this season. The lavender outfit yes. with the, the lavender tie and the yeah. lavender shirt. She's, she's just awesome. Just she's beautiful. a little compact woman anyway. She can yep. totally pull it off. Yeah, she does. Such That's a, Samantha she, Spiro. Yeah, she's been in Game of Thrones. She was Sam's mom. And uh, she's been in a, a Doctor Who and a couple of other things that of note. But she's just fantastic in this, I think, for a number of reasons. Speaking of Marcus, before we move on, he's played by Alexander Hansen. Do you mm. know who he's married to? No. Samantha Bond. Oh. Who has been in mm, three Midsummers? That's like a power couple right yeah. there. She's in Death in the Slow Lane. She's in Shot at Dawn. She's in Destroying Angel. Yeah, she's... Yeah. Destroying angels. She doesn't she die in her own swimming pool or something? No. That's the other red haired lady. No, no. It in um destroying angels, the mushroom episode. Yes, she's the one having the affair with the chef who dies. I, I think die. she actually makes it through that episode. I think she but, does. But she may be be the kind of victim at the end that might get killed. Yeah. I would have loved there needed to be. Marcus is there. He's talking about his sword. It's Little Town Theater. I would have loved a reference to, we don't want any onstage accidents. Like <laughs> like what happened at the corn exchange in yes. Amadeus? Yes. Like Amadeus. Yeah. Just a little reference to that season one. Like, And that's, that's like, great. Oh, this, this theme of community artistic work yeah. has been throughout this whole thing and not made fun of. No, it's serious. No, no. These people are not professionals, but they're not made to look stupid. No. Yeah, it would have been nice if like the stage manager said something about, well, we don't we don't secure the prop room. Maybe we should after Amadeus. Yep. And Costin. <laughs> don't <laughs> for one piece of scotch tape that man would have lived. So that is such a that scene is for Ever in uh, my head. It is. It is. Maybe. The fact that he slits his own throat in front of a full theater, yep. not knowing Jane, that that's what he's doing. Jane Weinmark just. And Joyce's face. Yeah. Mwah, perfect. Yep. Anyhow. All right. So we've got. So is, is Marcus actually singing here? Yes. 
Yeah, I think so. Yes, he is. I think he, he, he has, has many musical credits. Very good voice, and he's actually singing here. There are other parts where people are not singing, mostly around being in police outfits. That whole scene is like, <laughs> wow, you're not singing, you're not singing, you're not singing, you're not singing. Um, I think you might be surprised at how many people are actually singing. Oh, I, I think most of the pr- the prime characters, like for the principals, are actually, are actually singing. singing. Okay, yes. And I think Winters is singing in that scene but the background singing it's not even like did you rehearse this (laughs) so we have um marcus and his wife is faith yes right he runs the pub and she runs a surgery she runs a doctor's office yes for sleazy simon charteris the doctor throws under the bus appropriately Um, you know what he has a big sign on him that says, run me over with a bus. Yes. I deserve he it. He absolutely does. And then we have, um, we've got Jeremy. Yep. Lewis. Um, and his daughter, Phoebe. Yes. Right. We have Shyla, who's the stage manager, and her awful husband, Graham. Yes. Who's also the gameskeeper for Lady Katisha. And her niece, Phyllis. Phyllis. Who are the last two of the remaining people who own the estate where this is being performed. Right. And then there's Derek. Yes. Who is general handyman and killer. Yes. And incredible singer. Yes. Speaking of Derek, he's played by um, Clive Rowe, who is an amazing singer. We're going to put a link in the show notes to him and Guys and Dolls. There's a clip of him and Guys and Dolls. He's yep. just incredible. His stage yep. presence is awesome. Yep. And he's a really good actor. I really like him in this episode. He does a great job of playing dumb when it suits him and then not being dumb at all. I think he also, I think the director was kind of like, uh, yeah, put more of him in singing. (laughs) Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. So there's a body in the treasure chest and I have my first problem with this episode. Okay. (laughs) And it has nothing to do with the amount of emulsions. Purge fluid. Purge fluid. Is what fl- Purge calls fluid. Purge fluid was my ninth grade <laughs> anger poetry band. <laughs> Purge fluid. Wow. So this body, again, we spoil it, all right? So this body is Summersby. He's the first victim. He's been dead for three to five days. Yes. Okay. Where has he been for three to five days? In Derek's boot. In his trunk of his car. He's ripe. Super ripe. And so is Derek's car. It's not even hot. No. Nowadays. I don't care. He's super ripe. Be a kebab. I think all of his purge fluid would be in the trunk. I would think the purge fluid. (laughs) Purge fluid is so the name of this episode already. (laughs) Midsummer Kurgan and the purge fluid. Yes. Tonight only. No, we can't. Can't, can't duplicate the Oh, name. no, don't worry. i got other problems. Okay. Um, there would be... I would... Mm, okay, so Derek and Shyla go and get the the props, yes. right? And um, from the, the prop warehouse where they're renting them from, and they bring them back. So I can only assume that he put the, tr- the treasure chest in his trunk, and when Shyla's not looking, he puts the body in there and dumps some coins on top and then puts it on the stage. Okay. He must have done it that way because if he tried to carry a three- to five-day-old body, Uh-oh. he would be covered in purge <laughs> fluid. 
you imagine how soggy that oh. old guy would be? Oh, no, no. And my problem, Ugh. okay, my problem is this. He must have lined the treasure chest with a plastic bag uh, <laughs> to my, contain the purge fluid. My problem is the treasure chest is nowhere near big enough to fit an entire body. Oh, he's all folded up. He's origami purge fluid. <laughs> like his feet are behind his head. And then second of all. <laughs> Derek just folded him up. All those stage props of course, have, like, it's a false top, right? That thing is not actually filled with coins. No, no. It would have, like, a lid right underneath the top of the chest. Yes. So that you could put stuff in it, and it would look full. But they imply that it's full of it, those No, coins. it's full of Summer's Bees purge fluid. The <laughs> coins are floating on top. If only Marcus had accidentally put his foot in it, so he'd be glad he had the boots on. <laughs> Then he'd really be Jack Sparrow and out of there. Wow. <laughs> so then how does he get the gold dust on his face? Like, I don't know why his face, like. <laughs> he just rubs the Derek, fake, rub like, the fake coins on. Well, or maybe the purge fluid started to dissolve the fake <laughs> coins. It's probably caustic. On top of it all, it could not have smelled pretty. <laughs> oh, wow. It smells bad. That's what's underneath the coins. Room deodorizers. Like. It's just full of those little pine tree things. How on earth did they not walk in the mood? And like, go, ooh. Maybe the whole place smells bad already. Maybe. Maybe it's Lady Katisha. She looks like she could have some smell. <laughs> Too much little lady perfume. You know she does. Coup de theatre. That is a reference. To? Brian Clapper. Ah, yes, he says that too. Yes. That yes. That is totally a reference. And who says it here? Now, Barnaby says it here. Mm-hmm. The coup de théâtre. What's it mean? Uh, the the sort of misé song, the taking over of uh, the suspension of disbelief through theater. Ah, okay. And of course, Sarah is in this production, Sarah Barnaby. Yes. Because... We've just got to have the wife in the middle of it sometimes. And yes. and she does a great job at it. Yes. So she's an insider and she knows stuff. Yep. I, I don't have any problem with her doing that at all. Um. So the the theater, the pub, well, the whole village is, is Bratlington. Yes. And it's owned by Katisha, whose name is Empson, her last name. Yeah. And um, she's being serviced by the Midsummer Concierge Medical Practice. Oh, uh, don't say it that way. Ooh. I mean, he's sleazy, but he's not that sleazy, is he? Oh, so much hair gel. I wouldn't put it past him. There's a lot of hair gel. I instantly was like, don't we know him from somewhere? Because he is that kind of guy. Yeah, he's the sleazy guy. Yeah. Who at some point gets upset and his longer hair that's glued down gets loosened. Yes. Right? That like should happen. Exactly as it happens in Agatha Raisin. <laughs> he should get noogie at some point. He's such an Agatha Raisin character in this show already. He's played by Matthew Bowes. I will take odds on whether we see him in next season's Shakespeare and Hathaway. <laughs> He's that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. So Matthew Bowes, the actor who plays Dr. Simon Charteris, he has an interesting personal website. Okay. Um, he he makes art. Oh, he does. Um, but only of people's pets. Okay. They're pretty good though. Okay. I'll put a link to it. He's yeah. also a, a life coach. Oh, yeah. Though he has trouble putting his finger on exactly what that means. The it's coaching of life. It's individual to each client. Well, I agree with that, but. And he also has this whole section on there about pro-aging. Pro-aging. It's not professional aging. That's okay, not what okay. I mean. Not Because like, I'm an amateur agent. 
I'm still learning. You make mistakes all the time. All the time. Um, Like in support of people aging, but it's all product reviews of anti-aging stuff. Like, How can you be in support of people like face, aging? Like face cream That's like, and stuff. I'm in clear support of the sun rising tomorrow. Yeah. And the moon coming up afterwards. No, you can say, you know what? It's okay to be your age, to look your age. You don't have to always try to look younger. But then don't just put reviews of products that help you look not your age. I'm not sure what that's about. Dude's trying to get some work. It was weird. He's got a job. He's working. Speaking of weird, they go to the Empsom home, Bratlington Manor, yes. Bratlington Hall. Yes. And we Phyllis is there, right? Yes. And she meets them in the in the foyer. Yes. I love her pocket watch. It's beautiful. I Every- love that she takes her pocket watch out and looks at it all the time. Yes. But in the foyer, we're facing the front door from the inside, and there's a big window on either side of the front door. It looks like a Georgian yep. manor, right? So it's very symmetrical. In one of the windows is a mannequin head wearing earmuffs. Yeah. Why? I don't know. The rest of the, ha- the the lounge has a lot of costumes in it, so I assumed that it was some sort of reference to... There's a really famous Maca- uh, Mikado print in there, too, which you can get almost anywhere. But earmuffs? I don't, I don't understand. We got a yeah. screenshot of it. Maybe yeah. somebody else can figure it out. And this is where she talks about how it's the 100th year, the mill needs investment, and she wants... Her real dream is to create Glenbourne. Right. Now, did you know what that was before this episode? I didn't. I'd never heard of Glenbourne, but now I have. And wow, is it a fancy, amazing place. It is. So it's in the downs south of London. Yeah. And it's an estate. It's an estate. But they've built an opera house there. So it is no small community theater. But it is a full on opera house. But it started that way. Yeah. By a dawn from. Cambridge, I believe. And if it's not Cambridge, don't yell at us. <laughs> Just yell at Mark. Anyhow, he, he, he started a with dog, a small theater. and Small then- theater. So he had a couple of rules. One of his rules was you have to dress in evening dress. Yeah. And he said that you have to dress in evening dress because the actors and the musicians put work into this. So the audience and the people should put work into getting dressed up for this. That makes sense. Okay. So what it leads to. There's a whole part of their website about what to wear. Yes. Including a photo gallery of people wearing nice things. Yeah. (laughs) I do not have clothes to go to this thing. No. We'd have to buy an outfit if we were going to go there. (laughs) So did you read about how most people get there, though? No. So most people take the train. There's a train that runs right from, uh, I think, Waterloo Station Mm -hmm. to here. And then you have to take a bus. Mm -hmm. So there's a bus system with all these incredibly fancy people in it. And it comes back at in the evening after the performances. And it is kind of a insider London thing to know about all these incredibly fancy dressed people in Waterloo Station in the in the, around midnight or 11 o'clock. Yeah, because you wonder, They're right? from Glenbourne. They've all got off the Glenbourne bus onto the train. Okay, let's get to the nitty gritty about Glenbourne. How much is it going to cost us to go to Glenbourne? <laughs> Like how much are tickets? Is yeah, that how saying? much are tickets? I have no idea. Take a rough guess. A hundred pounds. 
So I actually was pretty impressed by how reasonably priced the tickets are. Mm. So they range from 20 to 270 pounds. It's a big theater. There are 20 pound seats in that theater. There are definitely. There's like five tiers of mezzanine. There's There's nosebleed sections. There's lots of mezzanine and Mm -hmm. lots of nosebleeds. But it is sold out every year. That's great. Almost instantaneously, right? Weeks and weeks and weeks before production. So I like to think that there are people who are maybe not as well off in London who can go to these productions. Yeah, that's great. I think that that's absolutely So Phyllis aspires to this. Yes. Now. And that this, so this episode is, the writer's room part of this episode is, let's do Gilbert and Sullivan. Yeah. Mixed with Glenbourne. Because yeah. this is really Glenbourne wannabe. Wannabe. The theater is a mill. Yes. And the roof is caving in. Well, is that from the stench of the body? <laughs> <laughs> it's all the purge fluid. It's weakening the joists. I'm going to put red blood paint everywhere. What have we learned, though, about renovating mills in yeah, midsummer? It's, it's, Just don't even try it. Yes. It's going to be a money suck. Yeah. Right. And there's going to be death. Why would you choose a mill to put your theater in of all the buildings you could pick? Why would you choose one that has running water underneath it? I don't know. It's a neat building, though. It's right on the canal. It's pretty when they're all sitting outside. It's a lovely spot. It's a lovely spot. For the Kurgan to stomp around Graham and his meanness. So what I don't like about Graham, other than he's a crappy human being is that he's only a crappy human being. He's very flat as a character. He's super There's nothing flat. redeemable about yeah. him. He's not even good at his job. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's good at it, but he's stealing. So, so it, it's that one. He has great, no honor even in his job. It is one of the great thing. The tropes of Midsummer is that the person you don't like dies and you have felt conflicted about it. You're like, mm. not Graham. Not Graham. You're like, oh, Graham's dead. Okay. <laughs> That's not so bad. But we've has- seen that sort of thing oh, yeah, before yeah. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. Midsummer Lots. So let's talk about Jeremy and Phoebe. Okay. The Red Herrings of Red Herringville. So Jeremy. Lewis, yes. Lewis. And his wife are divorced. Yes. She moved to Australia and took their daughter with her. Phoebe. Yep. And now Phoebe has come back to spend some time with her dad after being gone for, I think, nine years. They're separated. But she's planning on touring the world. Yes. She's going to Goa. Do you know where Goa is? Yeah, it's in India. It's in India. It's on the coast of India. Yes. It looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. I don't think I'd want to go there right now. No. But it looks gorgeous. Yes. But she's going to travel the world, which is, you know, not going to make Marcus happy because his son, Luke who we didn't mention earlier, has been accepted to the conservatory, which means he has like a future in theater, but he's thinking maybe he wants to go with Phoebe and go around the world because Marcus is the worst at dad ever. In he, so many ways, he, he's a bad dad. He is the he is the athletic theater dad rolled up with the cheating bad father. With uh, but and, and with, a little um, lechery with mixed in lechery and egotism, pseudo lechery. Yeah, you fake it, faux it, lechery. It really is implied that when he wants to talk to Phoebe, uh, Phoebe, that he wants to get it on with Phoebe. Well, and ever that's what Luke thinks too, and that's yeah, what Faith that thinks. Every, is that he's got the hots for her and uh, that's just more evidence that he's bad at dadding because he is her dad and he knows it and he doesn't know the difference between, hey, baby, can I pin you up in the... You're such a beautiful girl. 
in the closet. And you're such a beautiful girl. And you know, I care about you as a human being because we have a connection that you don't know yep. about. You know, but with my big googly eyes, while you get the seltzer out of the Plus, closet, he leaves his wife to run the pub constantly. She has a surgery to run. The woman is all over the place. Who runs the pub? Why doesn't Luke work there? I don't Phoebe know. does, but Luke doesn't. What does Luke do all day? What does he do? Wear a hat. Day? He wears a hat. Yeah. Looks like a boy band guy. He's all, uh, I'm conflicted. <laughs> Dude, do whatever you want to do. He can't stop you. I can't, I cannot believe they actually get into an altercation with swords. Like if you physically confine your child, they'll do what you want. No, that never works. But the fake rubbery swords suddenly become meaningful metal swords. Yeah, because he trades it in right away. Why are there medieval weaponry here? Oh. Wait, wait for the battle axe. Wait um, for the battle axe. <laughs> poor Lewis almost gets a battle axe. He he complains about his floppy sword and gets a, a nicer one. Yeah. Right off the bat. So that's why he has that. We find out Winter's hidden talent. He can sing. He can sing and dress up as a lady. Let's talk about Derek. Well, oh, and we, we learned that he went to an all boys school. Now, yes. I doubt it was a boarding school. No. I don't think Winter is, think- is from that kind of family. I'm just kind of amazed that he's not dating Betty since she's an adult. She is pretty big. She looks to be about nine, eight, nine at least. Yeah. Okay. So Derek, he is the handyman at the theater. Yes. And he takes care of his dad who has had a stroke. Yes. His mom has passed away. He must be an only child and he takes care of his dad. Yes. Who is wheelchair bound and cannot speak. So this is this is another midsummer trope because we're being set up that this person who we feel nothing but sympathy for mm-hmm. is actually the most horrific person in the episode. I don't know if he's horrific. I wouldn't put him in that bucket. But he he's, kills three people. Oh, okay. Well, but it's midsummer. Everybody does that. <laughs> okay. I mean, come on. He's driven to that, but you're right. I mean, we're supposed to see him as like, we're supposed to have sympathy for Derek because number one, Graham is an absolute jerk to him. Everybody else bosses him around. He he is solely responsible for taking care of his dad who needs him all the time. And so we're supposed to think, oh, what a good man that he has basically set his life aside because his dad needs care. And then he probably volunteers at the theater. Maybe he gets paid to be the handyman at the theater, but it can't be a big job, right? Not, yeah. not a well-paying job. And all he has is his garden and his birds. Yeah. You know, that he loves. Somebody lets his birds out. Who lets the birds out? Who lets the birds out? Who? Who? Graham. Yeah, Graham. Graham does. No, we don't see um, it. He's a jerk. We all know that. But there is dad's birds. Ah, that's kind of what he says. But he clearly cares for them or he wouldn't take care of them. Because his dad can't make him keep the birds at this point. He could have got rid of the birds anytime he wanted to. Yeah. What's his dad going to do about it? Stare at an... Oh... Television screen that's off. Okay, that's horrific. Yeah. Now we're supposed to think that his dad was extremely cruel before he was disabled, but anybody who could just point somebody at an off TV knowing that they can't do anything about it. But look at themselves. Look at their own reflection in the TV. Now, Katisha is an awful drama queen. Yeah. Right? Being taken care of by a slimy doctor, but she might be a good judge of character. Because she says Graham has the face of a deviant. Yes. Which he does. Yes. 
because he has the face of a Kurgan. Yeah. Um, and he's ripping them off because he's poaching on their land and selling yeah. stuff. And of course, Derek sees him making a drop off and like gets all up in his face. Well, he, I just, I just want to say, Derek, you're way bigger than him. Well, also, and he doesn't have a shotgun right now. It's like Derek is that kind of old, old, old killer. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, like, I almost thought, oh, the Kurgan has something in his trunk. What do I have in my trunk? Oh, yeah, the dead guy was in my trunk. <laughs> it sure is stinky back there now. Did you see what um, Derek's cottage is named? No. It's called Birdland. Birdland. Oh, that's a nice musical reference. Yeah. Yep. It's a reference to Charlie Parker. Okay. I want to, I want, I know that people who are on the show and people who are involved with the show have sometimes listened to us. Mm. Okay. I want those people to be listening now. Okay. I need. Very badly, an ITV series that is young Fleur. <laughs> She's a woman in her 20s who goes around the world. She has a medical degree. Yeah, medical degree, goes around the world solving crimes before becoming a pathologist. Mm-hmm. Right? She's With a different awesome boyfriend in every town. Different awesome boyfriend in every town. She's got a friend who's traditionally beautiful but stupid. That she has like a Hastings-like figure that she has to save all the time. Yeah. She's a motorcycle with a sidecar. A motorcycle with a side like this. A right. leather jacket and helmet that match. This is 70s Europe. <laughs> this this writes itself. I love this. She says she has castanet masterclass later. Yes. I knew what castanets were. I knew that they were like percussion instruments you hold in your hand. Yes. I did not know that you play them while you are dancing. Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. Until I looked it up. And it's like, it's like tap dancing, but with your hands while you're also dancing with your feet. Yes. I am not coordinated enough to do that. They are, I'm impressed that Fleur can. They are super hard to play. <laughs> she can't move on to the flamenco until she passes castanet class. Yes. Private tutelage in castanets. Apparently, 70s Spain was also quite the uh, wild place. Yeah, because she said, where does she say she was? She says she was in Tormalonas. In the 70s. In the 70s. Floor was there. Which at least one website I went to said that basically it was discos, cocaine, and sex the whole time. Well, that was kind of the 60s and 70s. Yeah, so it opened up in the 50s, and then really it was really oriented tourism towards England in uh, the 70s and 80s. Okay. It's like Ibiza. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So- ITV, I want my floor show. You listening, people? If I ever overhear you leaving a voicemail message for a young lady that sounds like the one Marcus leaves for Phoebe, it's going down. Marcus is the- I need to see you. He's a singer and an actor and a pub landlord. Yeah. But he cannot communicate clearly to anyone in this episode. It's three's company level of goofiness. Yeah. Like, why doesn't his wife know that Phoebe is his daughter? If if Faith knew that, the whole thing is different. And like... Faith would be saying, I'm really glad that you're going to talk to her because she and Lucas are getting too close and they need to know. Yep. So, yeah, you need to talk to her. And we're on Midsummer, so incest. (laughs) (laughs) You know that can happen. Episode one, I mean, come on. Yeah. That can happen. If Faith had just known. And they could have made it, they could have made Marcus a much more likable character if she had said something like, you talk to me when it happened and we've worked through it and mm-hmm. become a 
closer because of it. Yeah. You know, but you need to tell her. Yeah. Because when Phoebe left for Australia, they probably thought, phew. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He doesn't have to tell her that he's this her dad. This is your chance. Yeah. And but she's now she's leaving. back and she's leaving again. Yeah. Yeah, this is your chance. And yeah, maybe Lucas is kept in the dark for a while, but Faith should know. Yeah. If for no other reason, she can see the medical records. Yes. And then Marcus goes, I know there's been a killing. <laughs> but we should get on the gram and the ticky talks <laughs> and get more ticket sales because of this. Yes. Maybe that thing off the top I said was because I don't want to be accused of being Graham. <laughs> <laughs> they're a little theater. They're trying to raise money. They got to take advantage. And they don't even know Summersby. They don't even know who he is at that point. No. I don't blame him for wanting to like stir up publicity around it. People are going to be paying attention. Okay. They don't have any connection to this man. Yep. Uh, so, you know, and I and I understand why the show can go on once they get the stink out. Yes. After Summersby's body is found. But after Graham is killed on the stage, on the show the should be canceled. Stage. The show should be canceled. But no, we have to keep doing the show because we got to set a trap for the killer. So we can't skip Aunt Katisha's death. No. Does she fall down the stairs? Is she drugged? Is... Creepy, slimy Simon giving her too much medicine. No, it's because Derek somehow has access to street drugs. Yeah. What, he drive to Costin and hang out on a corner? Because, you know, Costin nightlife. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. And score himself some fake opioids. This episode has some great stuff in it. But also, I'm like, that soup is not coming out of that car. <laughs> Phyllis walks in, sees Katisha on the ground, drops the tomato soup right on the rug. And we're both like, oh, scrub it out now. And I'm like, why doesn't somebody bring me soup on a Because <laughs> you're not a drama queen who's doped to the gills and wearing too many necklaces. She was taking street opioids. She was full of beans. She was full of something. <laughs> My note just says, Marcus doesn't know how to dad. I did love how the doctor is like, I'm so going to get blamed for this. I need to get out of here right now. Yeah, I'm going to change the medical records. He <laughs> says, Mike, our computer systems are down. And His <laughs> monitor is right there and you can see a medical <laughs> record open the, the on computer. it. It's right there. <laughs> and then they're outside going, I think he's hiding something. Really? really? <laughs> no. Here's a little tip to all you people out there who want to live a nefarious life and get away with crimes. Don't look so sleazy when you're doing it. You know what we need? The show to go on. <laughs> Graham sees Shyla and Phyllis having a moment together, right? Because they're in a relationship behind his back because yep. he's an abusive bad person. And he slaps her. Yes. Which is awful. She leaves the theater and goes to the pub and she has the bruise. Yep. Right? Graham is killed that night. And the next day, they talk to her at Phyllis's house because she didn't want to be alone. And the bruise is gone. Yes. It's the disappearing bruise. Well, there are several disappearing things in this episode, but the bruise is one of them. Graham's murder is a perfect case of overkill. Yes. <laughs> How many different ways is he killed? So he's hit in the head hard enough to knock you out. If yeah. you've done any reading on this, to knock somebody out by hitting them on the head, it's not just a friendly little bop. You basically have to cave their skull in. And it's a fine line between knocking them out and killing them. Like it's, it's luck of the draw, so whether they die or not. There's that. Okay. Yes. Then 
He's strung up. Yeah. Okay. He's tied to the mast on the stage. In in like a crucified pose. Yeah. Right? In that pose, he would have difficulty breathing. Oh, yes, yes, for sure. Okay, so there's a second. And his head's bleeding. Second possibility mm-hmm. of death. So then he is shot with a nail gun. The nails have been dipped in poison. This is four different ways he could have died. <laughs> I'm just wondering about Derek, like taking the cartridge out of the nail gun and like dipping in a little cup of poison. And then loading it back up into the gun. Just hold on a sec. Like, I know you're hanging up there, but just hold on. Well, he's on. not going anywhere. Graham's not going anywhere. You don't think Derek prepped the nail gun in advance? Maybe, maybe. He he seems to be premeditated and then not premeditated yeah. all at the same time. But when they find Derek, initially when they find Derek, you're like, oh no, who's been killed? Oh, it's just it's just Graham. It's the Gergen. Oh, okay. It's just Graham. Who Whatever. cares? Graham's dead. Whatever. Yeah. At least he won't hit Shyla anymore. Yeah, she has a, an amazing um, disappearing cheek bruise. And then we find out that Graham was a poacher and we don't really care because... Mm-hmm. He was an awful human being, and that made him much worse than the fact that he was a poacher. I'll tell you how much I care. There's a scene in here. Well, there's one. There's Jeremy on the bench, which is like the whole, it's a subtitle of this episode. The whole thing is about Jeremy on the bench. Yeah. What do you think about... uh, Chinese painted quail? I think they're the most boring birds to research in the entire... Well, yeah. Katisha dies like suddenly, right? Summersby basically gets whacked and and dipped in his own purge fluid and shoved in a box. But, and and Graham doesn't have any buildup to his death either. Like he doesn't know it's coming. It just happens to him. Don't forget also Derek put coins on the Kurgan's eyes. Oh yeah, there is that too. I don't know how he got him to stay on. Hey, he does glue. have a he-, he has a heavy brow. I have I have a note that says, "What kind of glue do you use to keep coin plastic coins on somebody's dead eyes?" Blue tack. Okay. You just cool. you need that stuff up, and then yeah. you just stick it on. Not um, super glue. But he's been taunting Jeremy the whole time. Yeah. Sending him letters, doing paint in his dressing room on yep. his mirror, like, like the coins. Jeremy, you're not gonna wipe that off. No. <laughs> I mean, Derek, it, he must see Jeremy as like the finale because yeah. he could have just killed him quickly lots of different ways, but yeah. he taunts him for days, yeah. making him nervous. Maybe because he wants him to confess? Maybe. I don't know, but clearly Jeremy holds a special place in Derek's heart as a victim. Well, Phoebe goes through his desk. Yes. And gets all the evidence out and is sitting there at the table. I hope that never happens to me. I never want to come out in the kitchen and one of our kids is sitting there with a bunch of evidence in front of them going, we need to talk. You're a bad person. Well, mostly, I know I, what you've done. <laughs> mostly I'd be impressed that children came downstairs. But. Especially if they're wearing an, a fuzzy orange sweater like she is. Yes, it's, it's a, quite the fuzzy sweater. It's a nice sweater. sweater. Yep. She has all this evidence that not only did, so he knew Summersby, but yep. he's he's denied knowing him. He was helping Su- Summersby buy up land that nobody else would have let him. So he, he's been working behind the scenes to kind of help him out because Summersby has been blackmailing him. Yep. Over an exam yeah. thing at the school where he used to be the principal or the headmaster. I'm not buying that it was an exam thing. Yeah. That seems pretty minor. It It's weird. And you have a great example of, like, Graham, you just just like instantly. Yeah. And what the really good writing of this episode is, with Jeremy, you're like, well, that's not that bad. Well, that's not that bad. That's a little bad. <laughs> Yeah, you're kind of addicted. Yeah. <laughs> it's a roller coaster because in between, you're like, 
Oh, but he's just trying to get closer to his daughter. Oh, he might be a bad person. Because he's a whole character, while Graham is not a whole character. But she's going to leave, and she's not going to understand that he really cares about her. Oh, but he's a really bad dude. Yeah. And he's been keeping secrets. And then, but somebody's threatening him and, like, taunting him and is definitely going to try to kill him. But he's a really bad dude who's done a lot of bad stuff, you know? Like, okay. I don't know. Okay. Graham hits his wife and is a poacher. Mm -hmm. I think that's worse than what Jeremy does. I'm not saying they're both free from guilt. Mm -hmm. but He's a bully who hit his wife. That's enough. Yeah. That makes him worse, for sure. Jeremy may have been a bad teacher. Yes. And may have let a lot of kids down and might have bent the rules and given into blackmail. But as far as we know, he's never physically hurt anybody. No, no. So that makes Graham worse. It's all white collar. Plus he's Lewis, so you're like, oh, whatever. And then we find out, well, and Lady Katisha, we just think is a, you know, overly privileged, privileged drama queen, but she's actually a very bad person she's too. She's horrific. Yeah. Yeah. What she does to Derek's mom, which we'll get to, but. Yeah. What, what I don't like about this episode in the end is that we are not given enough information throughout the episode to point us towards a revenge killer like Jeremy. Like, like Jeremy? Like like Derek? Like Derek. So. Well, well, but Midsummer doesn't follow the rules. No. We never have all no, the information no. that the detectives have. It, no. it, you just don't get it. Yeah. Um, to the point where we can almost figure things out because of not following the rules. Oh, you mentioned Derek's mother, but never again. Yeah. Oh, well, then that that's must be important. central to yeah. it. Yeah. I really like when Marcus tells um, Phoebe and Luke that they're half brother and sister, how they're holding hands and they let go. Yes. That's, that's a really good one. Yeah. It's like, okay, we do need that confirmed that they are acknowledging that they are in fact half siblings and they're not going to kiss. Okay, good. Thank yeah. you. We needed to know that because it's midsummer. So you don't know. They're actually singing when they do their little scene too. Yes, they are. Yeah. Before they start the dress rehearsal, Phyllis says, toy, toy, toy. Yes. To the cast. Do you know why? Um, because it means three people have died in this theater and we still have to have a show. No, Katisha didn't die there. Okay, sorry. Two, Two people, people have died. But but Derek, nice. Never mind the fact it's a murder scene. Derek put a new mast on stage, so that's nice. We oh, have okay. a new prop for well, that since, since Graham is strapped you to the last he one. he going to have an extra one. Yeah. <laughs> you think he built a second one yeah. just in case? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need this. <laughs> Just have this feeling. No, toy, toy, toy is is similar to like break a leg, right? Because yeah. it's it's bad luck to wish people good luck on stage. Yes, theaters are very superstitious places. It's weird craziness, and it's not definitive. Yes, what it means, but the dominant theory of toy, toy, toy is that it is kind of um, an automatopoeia for spitting, three spitting. Oh, patui, patui, patui. Okay, which is good luck. Oh, okay. You didn't know that spitting three times was good luck? Where have you been? I did not. Sorry. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, so Whoopsie. it's a version of that. Fleur has a breakthrough. Well, she finds out about the poison. Yes. Now, she finds out that it comes from Jimson weed. Yes. And acts like it's rare. Thorn apple. It's part of the nightshade family. Devil's snare. It's not rare. It's a South American weed. It grows here like a weed. Yeah. <laughs> it's imported with bird food. Now that is probably realistic. Derek has a murder trunk. He does. He has a murder trunk. His poor dad is like, I'm using my eyes. Look in that room. 
look in that room. Like, how many other things could Barnaby have thought it was? Like, you mean these drawers here in the dining room? There's a wall of drawers. I okay. love that wall okay. of drawers. Okay. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Before we do all of that, we have to talk about the nurse. Okay. His, Bar- his caregiver when Derek's not there. Barnaby knocks on the door, and she obviously gets it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say anything. Mm-mm. This is a mom, mom, I got a party. Mm-hmm. She's not paid to talk. She comes in, and Barnaby's in, like, the kitchen area, mm-hmm. and she immediately leaves. Mm-hmm. Now, Barnaby doesn't say he's there to talk to the dad, because he knows the dad is an invalid. Yeah. So where is she going? Away. So then... <laughs> Very quickly, she's like, I got nothing to do with this. I don't want to be part of it. She wills in Captain Pike. Mm-hmm. I mean... <laughs> Derek's dad. Derek's dad. Star Trek nerd. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> He does the eye jive. Uh-huh. We haven't even talked about the couple. We got to go back and talk about the we couple. We will. He does the eye jive, and there is a room full of drawers. Yes. <laughs> the dining room is this, like, little, almost like a corridor with a table in it. But yeah. one wall has a wall of drawers, <laughs> So right? I immediately That was he like, could be looking you at. You should go in... Never mind the fact that there is no search warrant. Here. No. <laughs> no, nothing. Well, like. Ster- it's Derek's dad's house. He's allowed to let him look at whatever he wants. He's like, murder trunk's in there. But in he's there. like, the murder hutch is in there. <laughs> look in there. It's a box of evidence so in there. So he opens up the murder hutch and finds the newspaper. That is just brilliant. Okay, tell us about the newspaper. So it is a Mercury. So this has to be from a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So it has a picture of Jeremy on it, which doesn't look like Jeremy. I had to really look. And he's crossed him out and drawn horns on him? Drawn horns and spectacles. And this is the childlike part of Derek. Derek. Did you see what else was on the newspaper? No, because I knew you would. The Midsummer Pet of the Year. (gasps) No! Who are your nominations for Midsummer Pet of the Year? Patty! Patty, of course. But we also have... What other pets do we have on Midsummer? So we have uh, their first dog. Okay. Sykes. Sykes. Right? We have the cat, who has the Russian name, the Russian blue cat. that the Kilmowski. Kilmowski. I thought for a second you were talking about the stuffed cat in the evidence room. No. <laughs> <laughs> But Does he win might, pet of the year for that midsummer? Might be pet of the year. <laughs> He'd be costing costing pet of the year every year. <laughs> it's midsummer pet of the year, not costing pet. Oh, of the so year. it's the entire county? Yes. It could be anything. Yes. It could be that uh, one farmer's big pig that he loves so much. Yes, exactly. There's there's lots <laughs> of pet possibilities. Here. Okay. Uh so if you're listening, please send us your Let midsummer us know pet. who you think the Midsummer Pet of the Year should be. And Somebody's it doesn't matter what say year it's all from. Of. Vandals cause damage and raid. What? What is up with that? It's like a SWAT raid or what? SWAT raid of... Vandals? Vandals. That's quite the headline. New cycle lanes planned in town center. Okay. And then... Uh, Park expansion plans approved. It's a very busy cover. They yeah. did a really good job. But And there's a commercial. There's an advertisement for the Costin Bow Tea House. And then there's Jeremy with his face crossed out yep. like with a pen like 50 times. Maybe it could be Jeremy next. Okay, we kind of got that. Well, if Jeremy wasn't keeping so many secrets, he might have mentioned it earlier. And we would have known who the killer was even before Graham was killed. Not that's a big deal. Because he's dyslexic and he wrote he wrote Jemery on the envelope. Yep. And Jeremy should know who that is. Yes, he should. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I know this guy's the killer, but let him sing. <laughs> 
God, such a good voice. He does lead them on a merry chase. How much paint does he have? A lot. He leads them on a merry chase, but then, like, okay. It's, I get that he is the handyman at the theater. Mm -hmm. So he could create the elaborate battle axe murder device. But all the paint in the hallway leading to it, he had to have done in advance. And would they not have noticed? They would have noticed. I love how he runs, like, he runs into the area where Sarah is. And then he just takes off. Like he says, I need to go say goodbye to my mom, to my mom. Let's talk about Jeremy's death contraption. What is supposed to happen if they don't find him? So what's supposed to happen is the battle axe is to fall. What's going to make it fall? Well, there was some timing device somewhere. We, we didn't see that though, no, right? No, we didn't see that. Now, in Looney We did Tunes, have lots of cross-cut shots of the battle axe and the arms and the battle axe and the arms. Yeah. And the untying and the battle axe and the arms and the get me out of there. If this was Looney Tunes, there would be a candle underneath a string. Or if this was reality. And it would be burning through it. And Barnaby that would, make would it- say, you take care of the axe. I'll get him free. Maybe. I think if there's any risk that you will allow the axe to swing down instead of making it no longer a threat, you get the guy out of the way. Well, first you pause and you go, okay, what's supposed to make that axe fall? Blow that candle out. (laughs) Oh, we're all done. Now we're safe. Okay, now we can untie him. Or um, stop that mouse with the tiny saw who's sawing at the rope. (laughs) Pet of the year. He's a well-trained mouse, but he's going to kill this guy. Stop him. It's one of those quails. Pick, pick, picking at it. Or, you know, acid slowly dropping from a bottle, making the rope dissolve to let it swing down. Whatever contraption it is, whatever Rube Goldberg machine he's got set up to make that axe come swing down. Is it going to like just cut him in half? Is it going to cut his head off? What's it going to do? I don't, I don't know. Because if you've built anything that is in the least bit mechanical. You have to test it. You have to test it several times to get it to work correctly. Nothing has ever been built in the entirety of ever where they just said, oh, that works perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) The first time. So why is there not like gouges out of that wood that he's lying? (laughs) Maybe there are. (laughs) Never mind the fact that if his feet aren't tied, uh-huh. Okay. I think Jeremy would be bendy enough to flip over and get out like. Not with his hands tied. That breaks your shoulders or your arms, whatever. Do you, do you think he's a gymnast? I don't know, but the ropes are not tied very tightly to his hands. They're big ropes. Big ropes are hard to knot tightly. Yeah. You just, I mean, Derek's strong. He's a big dude, but. He should have been able to slip right out of those. I think getting away really depends on where the blade is supposed to hit him. If it's yeah. supposed to hit him on the neck, it's a much bigger problem than if it's supposed to cut him across the belly. Because you're right. He could have flung his legs off the side if, yeah. he, if his feet weren't tied. And he would have been super uncomfortable and he might have hurt himself but the blade would miss him yeah but this is a no mr bond we expect you to die situation how long is he supposed to be there before that axe comes down yes and why is there a a razor sharp battle axe in the theater in the first place do you not remember that from theater no i think derek brought brought it with him from home he probably kept it, it in his murder chest and I'm sharpened sure. it at night in front of his dad going, his, you can't do anything about it. His dad would be like, <laughs> over there. <laughs> Can I move my eyes more dramatically? Do you think that that was part of the, the audition for that actor who plays mom, his dad? Mom, I got a part. No. I just have to move my eyes. They're like, okay, sit in this chair. Look that way. No, with intention. No, next. Yeah. <laughs> 
Your eyes are too subtle. Next. Look that way. No, mean it. All right, you're our guy. Okay, before we get to the climax, <laughs> let us talk about the hand jive couple. Yes. So they're on the green at the this big is, publicity we're going back event. In time. Right. At back the big in- publicity event. Um, this is about 20 minutes into the episode, if my timestamp notes are correct. I think mm-hmm. so. Um, they are uh, the radio station has come to film yeah, people I, singing. Um, the press there is weird because would like, the press not be going? Why is the show still going on? Tell us about the murder. There's been one murder at that point. Yeah. Um, this is uh, at, at about 28 minutes or yeah. so. If you want to watch the whole scene, so they're on the green. Sarah's there. Barnaby's there. And there are tables, cafe tables outside of the pub. And at one of the tables is a couple pretending to have conversation. Obviously, they are extras in the background. They are extras. And at one point. They shake hands. They do kind of a hand jive deal. Yeah. And they're like, ha, 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 that was very funny what we just did. Watermelon, watermelon. (laughs) You know. And then Barnaby gets a phone call. And then they're gone. They're gone. They're just. Gone. We see them, then we see Barnaby on the phone, and when the camera pans out, they're gone. Yeah. Never mind. This is first thing in the morning. What are they doing at the pub so early in the morning? Hand jiving. They don't even have drinks. I don't know. Now you got hand jive stuck in my head. Dun 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 dun. Like bumped, 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 bump, bump. That song. Do you yep. know that song? Yes, I do. <laughs> um, Bingo. Like extras are there to be not noticed. Yes. But these two people clearly have other things in mind. <laughs> Whoever they are, good job, you two. You but these two, you got to look for them. Right, yeah. right around the 28, 29 minute mark. Watch that scene. Poof. They go away. But before they go away, they are like shucking and jiving back there at that table. Bump, 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 High fiving, shaking hands. So now we get to the climax in the church. You mm-hmm. don't know why it's in the church all of a sudden. Because that's where his mother is buried. I know. I know. If I'm ever chased by the police, I'm going to say I'm dying right away. Because it It's makes not them... like they have weapons. <laughs> stop or I'll say stop again. They're not going to shoot I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why? Why? He doesn't need to say it. So he has his big singing sp- thing, right? Mm-hmm. How, now, do you remember how you felt the first time you saw that scene? You didn't know he was, you knew that he was dangerous in some way, but you didn't know quite the extent of it. And he's It was kind of like, oh, let's let the killer sing. No, tackle him. You don't have a, a moment of Derek deserves this time. You don't I think? don't know. What I don't like is we're meant to feel so much sympathy to Derek. And he was wronged by a number of people, Mm -hmm. but he's a psychopath. Yeah. If everybody who was mistreated did what he did, the world would be a different place. Well, it can't be. You can't just nail gun your bullies. No. You might think that they deserve it, but you can't do that. Well, it's why mystery shows work. Yeah. Right? You You have to suspend that. You get your comeuppance. Yeah. That you that you can't get through justice. You just can't fold old men up and put them in a trunk. With their emulsions. With their purge fluid. <laughs> Here's another question that I have, which I think I've already said like five times in this episode. And I want to know what listeners think, because I do not have the answer to this. The coins that Derek has that yep. he is putting on the bodies. Sorry, and that, I'm putting super glue on them right and now. That, <laughs> and blue tech. And that he's slipping to Jeremy. They all have quotes from Pirates and Penzance on the back. Makes them more ominous. Now, he says that the gold coins 
were something that Phyllis ordered and they came in the mail as props for the show. Do we think that she ordered coins that already had Gilbert and Sullivan quotes on them or are we supposed to think Derek put them on? I think we have to assume that they were already on there, which of course makes me want to do a Google search. Can you get gold coins with Gilbert and Sullivan? I already did that. I could not find any. Okay, okay. Now, they would this be great. This is the hard-hitting research. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I Googled it for two minutes and didn't find any. They'd be great souvenirs for the show if they did mm-hmm. exist because they're like actual metal. They're not plastic. But like, it's either it's either that or... In between building Rube Gold death machines and dipping nails in poison, he's also like dremeling messages did, on the back of did coins. Did go through them? Like, oh, no. That's, Decide no. who got which one? No. Well, they're in order. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> they're in order no, of the lyrics. So, yeah, he had to put them in order. No, but like. like I have doomed you to extermination. They're dark lyrics. Oh, yeah. They're super dark lyrics. But there's also, like, I love you, I love you too, which I would assume is on some of those coins. Of course, coins relates to Pirates of Penzance, okay? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't relate to everything else that's Gilbert and Sullivan. Like, I No, these have to be specific to that show. Yeah. If somebody's selling them, they're very niche. So they're <laughs> plastic Pirates of Penzance I think they're coins. metal, but yeah. With Prop quotes. coins with quotes from the show. Yeah. And though they're all the same on one side. They all have different They quotes. vary on the other side. Yeah. Wow. They'd be pricey if nothing else. Yes. Phyllis was laying out the big dough. Do you think Sarah looks scared when she runs into Derek in the hallway? A little bit. I think so too. A little bit. I think she's kind of torn. Like he seems like a nice man, but clearly there's something I don't know. Yeah, I should step aside. Crazy psychotic man child. But then he's polite to her. Yes, he is. Because he has no problem with her. Right. But when Winter and Barnaby get into that hallway and she's just standing there, she looks oh, scared yeah. like she was scared. So Derek admits that he has asbestos lung and doesn't have long to live. Yep. And that he caught it. He caught it. He contracted it doing construction cleanup for Summersby. Yep. And Summersby knew that there was asbestos in the site, didn't do anything to protect the workers, and therefore it's his fault that Derek is dying. Everyone is related, so everyone contributed to how crappy Jeremy's life is. You mean Derek? Derek's. Yes. Life. So that's why Summersby had to go. Then Lady Katisha was the employer of his mom and dad, right? And they worked on the estate. His mom was the maid and the cook, I think. Yep. And when... She wasn't young enough and spry enough to do the yep. job. Katisha just fired her, didn't give her yep. a pension, nothing. Jewelry gone missing. Yep. Said that she had stolen something so that she didn't have to pay her a pension, threw her away, and I'm then she roll died. this camera down the stairs. Uh, I don't think so. No, no, it'll be great film. <laughs> no. 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 No, no, no. Okay, well... Can I can I put it in a like I spent way too long thinking about how they did the camera down the stairs. See? I think they probably just have a rig that they can roll it yeah, down. Just have a rig. Yeah, but, but still, coming to the the camera department. Okay, we're gonna roll a camera down the stairs. No, no, <laughs> not my camera. You're not. So then Graham had to die because Graham had bullied Derek his entire life. Yep. He was, uh, he knew he was abusive and cruel. Yeah. Had threatened him. I mean, is that, is, is that all? I mean, Graham was just a big bully and so he had to go. Yeah. Okay. What's missing here? Okay. I don't, I don't like the Graham stuff. I also don't like that he 
puts so much of this on the feet of his father, and then he doesn't kill his father. He doesn't have to. I think he thinks that his dad's current state is vengeance enough. I guess. Um, because he says earlier, he's like, oh, I do anything for my dad. He's always been there for me. He's awesome. But in reality, his dad was abusive and controlling yeah. for him and his mom. And so now as his sole caretaker, he can do things like park him in front of a dark TV for a day. Yeah. And not not um, not care. He wants to take out Jeremy because Jeremy was the headmaster at the school where Derek was and refused to teach him because he said he was dumb because he was dyslexic. Yep. So Which they, no educator would actually say even then. I don't know. I saw some of that when I was a little kid. Okay. Somebody's unmotivated. They're just dumb and you just give up on them. You teach the I ones you want to learn. That, but, but he's bitter about that. So he's going to cut him in half with his machine. <laughs> His axe machine. But then, you know, he kind of goes peacefully. I mean, he's not going to stand trial. He's going to probably die before he can stand trial. He did Shiloh a favor. Kept us both caged, just like birds. Just like these birds flying over me right now. They're really bad CGI. There are some bad CGI birds there. So Jeremy's getting into the uh, ambulance there. Mm -hmm. He's in costume mm -hmm. with blood all over his head. Mm -hmm. They would have cleaned him up before that <laughs> i don't know it depends if if it's a head injury and it's coagulated it's not bleeding anymore you um, don't want to touch it it's jeremy carey until you get him to the hospital <laughs> then there's that weird closing scene at the barnaby's house okay let's talk about this because first of all in all of the barnaby house scenes i spent an inordinate amount of time watching them over and over again to see if i could see spider-man prints or naked ladies <laughs> There were no Spider-Man prints and no naked ladies. You missed them, huh? Okay. Or whatever that other weird thing was that we found in the <laughs> There's all kinds of weird things in their episode. house. They bring the boxes of costumes home. What? So, Why? So the sh okay, so the Why? show never really opened, right? Why? They didn't make it through no. the dress rehearsal, so no. it's not going to happen. No. So I guess Sarah must have volunteered to return the costumes to the rental place. Maybe? That's all I can assume. Okay, if you're a place that does Gilbert and Sullivan on a regular basis, you've got some pirate costumes and some police costumes. That's a pretty nice Bobby costume. Yeah. It is. So. Okay. It looks professional. Yeah. But I think there would be like five boxes of costumes. By the way, Faith talks to Marcus and Marcus talks to his daughter. And all's good. <laughs> <laughs> Just cram it in there. Just cramming that in in that last scene. So then we have to have Barnaby being um, creepy flirty about a man in uniform. I can't believe I have kinky Barnabys put in my notes here. <laughs> the thing is that we have to assume that they were together when he was in uniform. So she's seen him in uniform yeah. before. So it's not like he's saying... Remember back when I used to be in uniform and how much you used to like it? When I had the rumpy pumpy juice in the <laughs> garden of death. That's when he was a gardener. It's different. And of course, we have to get Winter completely forgetting himself and where he is standing he in front of the mirror. He would know that they could hear him. Yeah. Has he taken the eyeliner off at that point? I don't know. <laughs> he puts that great hat on with the big feather and sings. He does have a really good voice. It's like the Barnaby bits are written by committee and the rest of the episode is is not. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Betty's out with her driving license. Yes. <laughs> Betty's at her internship. Yes. Doing whatever it is she does. <laughs> I'm a constable in the Midsummer Police now. Yes. <laughs> But it's a fun episode. I just don't I just don't know how 
Derek avoids the incredible Summersby stink. I don't know how he gets a hold of street opioids. No. Uh, that battle axe. The battle axe <laughs> is kind of mysterious. But you know what? The poison that's easy to get but doesn't grow, kind of. Yeah. But you know what? It's fun. So, okay. So, which which This one? episode has lots of deaths and craziness. Yes. This is why I want to go to Midsummer. That's what we love about Midsummer. So, best corpse. <laughs> nice corpse. Graham, Summers B, or Lady Katisha? I'm going to be Summers B. Because he's in the box? Yeah. I'm going with Graham. The pictures in the background of Summers B are pretty impressive. I'm going with Graham. Graham's pretty good, though, too. Yeah, because he has the, the red poison face it's and very, the rope. And the, and the words are going to come out of my mouth, and you're going to go, no, it's not. But then you're going to go, yes, it is. It's very Silence of the Lambsy. Really? Yeah, remember in Silence of the Lambs where uh, Lecter breaks out and he crucifies the two cops? Oh, yeah, it's, but doesn't he skin them or something? Yeah, but it's At least kinda, Derek doesn't do that. It kind of pushes into the dead body like that, like the shot. It's <laughs> very similar. Oh, okay. If you're talking just about camera angles, yeah. maybe I'll give it to you. But yeah. yeah, I mean, when the lights come up and he's there, whoa. Yeah. All right, so you're going Summers B, I'm going Graham. Yep. After the credits, Phyllis oh, and Shyla get to be together and happy? They are going to have a perfect little life. I think so, too. I, I really hope they have a wonderful life because they deserve each other. Do you think the theater has a future? I think maybe the 100th season isn't what we think it's going to be, but the 101st is going to be amazing. All right. What about Marcus, Faith, Luke, and Phoebe? Well, Marcus, as we know from the cramming, is going <laughs> to talk to Phoebe. I think I think Phoebe has a lot to work through mm-hmm. here, right? Because the man she thought was her father is not her biological father. And isn't who she thought he was isn't either. Isn't who she thought he was. It, was. it would be very easy to see their relationship end, mm-hmm. right? I but don't, I don't think Marcus is a good replacement father, so I, I think either. that she and Jeremy will work it out. I don't think that Luke is going to go with her to around the world. Do you think he's going to go to the to the college instead? I don't think so. To the I don't think he has any interest in going to the conservatory. He's just going to wear his hat. Yep. Okay. Maybe he'll busk. Maybe. Maybe. And play out at the Costin bus station for coins. Who knows? Murder coins. Murder coins. Uh, what about uh, Dr. Simon? Is he going to lose his license? Uh, I think if he hasn't lost his license already, he's going to lose his license. Which means Faith is going to lose her job. Yeah. So she may have to work. Well, she maybe she'll she have works to take over Phoebe at the pub. Then she'll have to take over Phoebe's role at the pub if yeah. Phoebe goes around the world. Yep. And that's everybody. Yeah. I feel kind of bad for Jeremy. I think he made he made mistakes, and he's willing to admit to them now. But. I think it was just like one step at a time. He the just problem, kept getting into bigger messes. The problem he has is now he is a man who's in his 60s, almost in his 70s, who has no career, no family, no marriage. Uh, he has a very nice house. He has a lot I of money. I take his kitchen any day. He's got lots of money. <laughs> Not saying he's poor. <laughs> can dab his eyes with that money. Yeah, but, yeah. But, and he had a near-death experience. <laughs> but I wonder what he, like, he can't look back on his life and see a lot of excellence there. Mm, that's sad. Yeah. Wow, way to bring us down, man. Dude, <laughs> when you get to a certain age, you start thinking about those things. Wow, 
That's that's depressing. Anyway. What about those bad CGI birds? They sure were bad. Anyway. This is our last regular Midsummer episode like this. Dude, will you stop bringing me down? (laughs) No, it's exciting. We're moving on to a new phase. You're full of beans. You're full of beans. I'm going to go climb into my murder the trunk. The weirdest thing the doctor ever said. She was full of beans when I left. Is that a medical opinion that she was full of beans? Did you recommend beans for Lady Khadija? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It would have made her more interesting if she was farty. <laughs> Next Saturday. Yeah, the face of a deviant. <laughs> Next Saturday, July the 30th. Almost. No, I can't. I'm sorry. Because now all I can think is that they didn't smell the purge fluid because Lady Katisha is always so full of beans and she's always in the theater. <laughs> is that a dead body or Lady Katisha? <laughs> and that's the sound from the start of the episode. <laughs> At least she's not named Yum Yum. Yes. Is that Lady Yum Yum or is that a dead body? (laughs) Okay. Next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. July 30th, almost to the day, three years before since we dropped the trailer. Awesome. Be there, be square. We will spoil it for you. We're sorry. Three-year odyssey. That's incredible. We're just getting going. Okay. So first of all, again, we're covering the witchy woo. Angels Rise, right? Yeah. The Witches of Angels Rise. We're going to cover that. Yeah. Okay? But we promise you, actual dates, actual episode We're going to tell you what, what's coming from what now to the end of the year. Now to the end of the year, except for if Midsummer episodes drop, because right. they take priority. Yes, always. So. Always. We're always going to be Midsummer Maniacs at heart. Yes. But we will be mystery maniacs after episode next episode to mystery maniacs. Be there, be square. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. <laughs> Lady Kadisha, please. Woo, she's right. Olive is a wonderful dog, but she shows she's very cute. You don't have to live with her. But you don't have to live with her. She shows no affection to human beings at all. None.